Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. Dell, you're on OnlyFans. Did you all see the little fella? Watch yourself. What little fella, John? He was squeezing his breasts like he was milking them. No, that's not one. That's not a milking move. It's called milking. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Yes, change the subject. (laughs) Yeah, tell us about the little guy. I'm not going to give you any context in that. Just listen to the podcast. But... John just talked about University of Houston versus West Virginia. We're going to have Dana Hokerson on in about 28 minutes or so. I'm going to give you a chance to go to that game. Not right now. You're going to have to call in at 810. But the showdown of the year is almost here. Colt Hokerson takes on his former team this Thursday, October 12th at 6 p.m. at TDECU Stadium. The Houston Cougars take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Expect an unforgettable night of college football action. It's our blackout game, and we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. We are running a special. Get two, by we, I mean the University of Houston. Get tickets, three games for only $66. West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State. Go to uscougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COOGS. Come early, be loud, and wear black. So caller 8 at 810 wins a pair of tickets to, to see University of Houston versus West Virginia. An unforgettable night of college football, they're telling us. So you want to be there for that. Call in at 810 caller 8. All right. Uh, welcome back. By the way, uh, October 21st, which is not that far away. It's just uh, uh, le- 11 days from now. That's next Saturday. The Texas game, 3 p.m. start at TDECU Stadium. 3 p.m. So uh, Texas is coming here. That place will be. Rowdy, tonight is when it's, or Thursday night is when it starts. Coach Holgerson's going to be with us at the bottom of the hour here to talk about the game. We've got uh, his his coach's show, by the way, if you want to go out there and see him. He's at the Little Woodrow's in uh, Edo, the Little Woodrow's right by, uh, not far from Minute Maid. So hopefully we'll have today's 3 o'clock game. Winner, go out see Coach Holgerson out at uh, Edo. Let's go. Have a big day. Tomorrow, 1 o'clock game for the Astros. And uh, and then finish this thing up. I, I think I think we just need to play four. Just get this over with in four games against the Twins. Just need to get rid of this. Get this over with. I know. I know. This is too stressful already. Mm-hmm. Good performance. Best case scenario, you get six innings out of uh, Christian Javier. You get nine strikeouts, uh, five hits, one run. And that's going to be a solo home oh, run. That's the best case scenario. I think what you have to I'll have tonight is right now. You, yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Right you have to have. I mean, you you probably need to be shooting for five runs if you're the Astros' offense. This, that's the only way. If if you don't get good Christian Javier, then you're going to need five runs mm-hmm. and a great bullpen effort. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. I mean, it's not easy having a guy who consistently gives up runs in the first two innings and who goes with high pitch count stuff makes it really, really difficult. So, uh, it, man, if you can just get the best effort possible out of out of Javier, if he can be a little more efficient. You know, unfortunately, we see the first inning kind of tells you what you're dealing with with Javier. It's been weird. 
Fromber, Justin Verlander, Javier, Hunter Brown, these guys, when they struggle, it's early. I mean, they all struggle early. Justin Verlander has an ERA of over six in the first inning this this year. Like you can get to him early in a game. Fromber, when he struggles, it's it's early. And we saw the other day he got well, Justin Verlander got locked in, but Fromber, when you get to him, the same thing with Hunter Brown, with Christian Javier. And a lot of it's been because they're not throwing strikes. Yeah. The walk totals are way higher well, this year for yeah, these wait, guys. And, and that's that's awful. Did you see that they parted ways with uh, assistant GM Bill Furcus and farm director Sarah Goodrum yesterday? No. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, Furcus was there. He was hired by Luno. Furcus actually took over as GM in between uh, James Click and Dana Brown. Uh, but So he signed Montero. No, he didn't do it. Um, but he was, no, he was actually just in charge, I guess, of just maintaining, making sure that nothing slipped through the cracks. But, uh, Dana Brown, it's not surprising, really, bringing in your own guy, your own people. Fergus wasn't, wasn't one of his guys. Sarah Goodrum's not one of his guys. Jim, James Click hired Sarah Goodrum to run the minor leagues, uh, which is one of the biggest the biggest positions that any females had in major league baseball. One and you got Biggio, one of, and then I assume Biggio will be the next assistant GM. Uh, it'll be Biggio and a takeover to the minor leagues is going to be Osmus. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's not. It's, this is not a, a retreading 1990s Astros baseball. It's not. No. Are we sure about that? You sure? Because who was one of the leading candidates before Dana Brown was hired? Jeff Bagwell. No, it's a BGM. Oh, Osmus. What's wrong with you? Brad Osmus, the GM. What's your favorite Brad Osmus GM moment? Well, he's learning. He's, he's been a manager in Major League Baseball. He was a catcher. He's a manager. To put a, he's one of the smartest guys in the game. Learn on the move Brad Osmus in this position. Thank, once again, well, Dana God Brown never Ime, been a GM before. Thank God, Ime Udoka. But he was with the Braves in a position in a high. Yeah, Brad Osmus has been with baseball forever. What I are don't you care complaining if he's been about? There. Look at Bagwell's moves. Well, Bagwell was out of baseball. Brad Osmus has not been out of Brad baseball Osmus ever. Is a is not. You think he's an analytics guy? I don't care. Oh, but, wow! Lance just walked off. I Lance can't, has just walked. I off can't the wait show. for Dusty. No, I don't want Dusty to leave, but if he does, I can't wait for Morgan Ensberg to be hired as the new manager. Morgan Ensberg is not okay. Are, are you? It's out of the realm. He was a manager for the Rays as a Triple A and the Double A affiliate. Luke's He's done it before. D- director of development for Double A. Yeah, you know, listen, y'all stop already. I'll stop already. Oh, Brad tried Osmond. to get his best friend and his GM. What are you talking about? Well, they, this they is hired a total- Dana Brown. I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Uh, finally. Intelligence prevailed. A baseball guy who understood. Look, we're getting far enough away from analytics because analytics is bad. We know what Chris, we already see what it does. We know what Chris Burke is doing. It builds up championship runs. You got to get away from that. <laughs> no, know. Chris Burke is not. What about Luke be, Scott? Yeah, we he know just what, said that. I just said, said Luke. Yeah, yeah, it's your turn to come up with a new one. Jason okay. Jennings. Oh, he wasn't here long enough. <laughs> oh, no, Jason, Tony Eusebio. Why can't he? That would be too out of the box. You think Bagwell's hiring Subo. Tony Eusebio? Subi's like, uh, you want a guy that can go down to Latin America and bring Maldonado. and Maldonado. We don't need Subi. We got Maldonado. <laughs> well, you don't know. Tony Eusebio might be a great analytics mind. Nah, uh, no, he's probably not, which is what you want. Right. You don't want anyone with the analytics. We've heard 
We got to get good, smart baseball guys in here that hand out ca- contracts like candy. Yeah. All right. Um, like Udoka saved the Rockets. Listen, Ime Udoka may have saved has the Rockets. He, has he? They haven't played a game now yet. You had, okay, you're getting on him. Dana Brown was hired. Okay, now he's going to bring the in his own people here. The fact that Osmus was even in contention is What's terrifying the, to me. You know who else was in contention? Sarah Goodman, maybe. Goodrum or whatever her name is. And they is. already fired her. Well, right. But, well, it's because Dana Brown goes, oh, you were in contention for this. I don't want you around here thinking you should be GM. No, for whatever reason. I listen, I, it's official. I don't want any more 90s era Astros. None. Zero. Nobody else. Or in the early aughts either. We've already got Bagwell. Nobody else. Or early aughts. Yeah. Actually, maybe when you when you buy a team, you can hire who you want. Ooh. You don't have to hire any '90s Astros. No, you can just keep hiring guys who, uh, you know what? Just stay stay doing what you're doing. You were doing a great job, and then you've gotten away from it. And now all of a sudden, things are a little bumpy on the tracks. Just do what you. Uh, you're right. That's not my team. What's Jason Lane Listen, doing? What's Jay, who? Jason Lane. What's he doing? Jason Lane. He's a third base coach. For, no, he's third base coach for the Brewers. So, okay. Oh, he's Hank busy. Conger? I think so. Wait a minute. How many Jason Lanes are there? Like... No, that's probably Jason Lane. Wait a minute. That's Jason Lane, is there? Yeah, he's a third base coach. What about coach? Sean Chacon as a coach? No. Oh, no. Is Ed Wade going to be around? <laughs> Too aggressive. Oh, what about your guy that's swinging low, going to shoot them? Oh, Brett Myers? <laughs> Brett Myers. <laughs> no, Brett Myers cannot be part of this. rain, hell below. <laughs> See, Killing them hogs real nice and slow. I'm Brett Myers going to throw that gas down around your knees. Put you on your ass. Ah! Rebel. Rebels. No, that Where's... was not. That was a Brett Myers No, song. it's only Brett Myers. Well, Brett Myers I know, song. but I want Rebels. No, Brett Rebels. Myers only. <laughs> Brett Myers only. Man, I just, that, that era of Astros baseball ever. just. <laughs> I do not have great Songs of the South. Rebels. Rebels. Bringing down death on us. <laughs> Keep everyone in bondage. Away <laughs> oh, oh, down south. <laughs> what was happening to me that day? I don't know. <laughs> what, what did I? What that was all in one segment. That, yeah, that was all one day. It was all one day. I think it was separate times yeah, in a I single day. You all. went back to it? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know he how. Was, he was a singing fool that day. <laughs> And they were actually kind of bangers, too. Oh, no. Let's review. Let's you hover see. above, rain, hell below. Killing them hogs real nice and slow. I'm Brett Myers going to throw that gas down around your knees. Put you on your ass. Ah! Rebels, rebels. Oh, bringing the muskets and bringing down death on us. Rebels, rebels. I remember what that was. Keep everybody what? in bondage. Oh, way down south in the land of cotton. Old times there. You were singing that. Look away. It was during all the George Floyd stuff, and I was. we were talking about some of the old southern stuff that he's was still in play. He's got range. Stop it. At the university. There's only 30 seconds of it. He's got range. He's got He's got. The, the hard rock with Brett Myers. Yep. He's got a ballad. Uh-huh. And then he's got an up-tempo song. Yep. It's about rebels. Well, still. he didn't make up the last one. Yeah. Okay. No, that was Look somebody away, else's Dixie song. Land. <laughs> oh, I wish I were in Dixie away. <laughs> away. away. <laughs> in Dixieland, I'll up? take my stand to live and die in Dixie. We learned that when we were kids in school. Yeah. We learned that right along with, uh, she'll be coming around the mountain. Now, that was not a... That was not any type of song about the, you know, Confederate, you know, about the, the Civil War. I think some lady was just coming around the mountain when she comes. But it may have been. I, didn't, I don't really 
I didn't really examine the lyrics. You just were te- you taught a song and then you sing your song. That's it. Uh, seven three seven eight. All the kids of all races. Look away. <laughs> look, look away. Look away. We're what, all in kindergarten. Would the Texas football team sing it? Texas football almost got rid of eyes of Texas. Uh, and now nothing. Yeah, now it's nothing. like eh. what? What happened? Yeah. What happened to us just a couple, as a country? Just a couple years Wait, later, now you we, we know what of... bathroom we're supposed to go to. Well, I'm still okay. questioning that. That was that, that was. I, we're kneeling. Hold on, I was we're, in Bruges. We can't sing a song. You know what song? in Bruges it says? Men, women, whatever. Just wash your hands, and it's, you get to go. Now all of them say, now man and woman, go. Everybody go together. No, but you got to be in. You got to be in an individual, like individual bathrooms. It doesn't matter if it's man or woman. <laughs> if it's an individual <laughs> stall, who? Where you shut the right, door? Right. No, 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 that happens. But now I can't believe as a country we know where to go to bed. What do you mean you here? can't believe? It, the country's got up short of titches, man. It's only been, it was a couple years ago. Everyone's done with that stuff now. I we know. move on to the other stuff. And kneeling and, and well, okay. the eyes of Texas, it's offensive and it hurts me. You don't hurts care. Me right here. Hurts me right here. What is it now? Well, I'm not going to see in the eyes of Texas. I'm telling you that right now. Well, you're what not is a, it I'm now? not racist. But what is it now? What? No, What's I know. The, what, what is, is it, the no? thing? I think we cut. Why are we getting lazy on? on I know we need stuff? a thing. We need a thing. We don't have anything right now. What is our thing? There's, there's nothing. Do we have a thing right now? Not at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's it'll terrible. Come, it'll come up. Trans is we kind, lazy? kind of slowed down. What is our thing right now? We don't. We don't. We well. I think it's, is it trans athletes? Is that the thing now? It feels uh, like that's that. already really not that. No one's kind of. I think we're all tired. We're done with that one. What are? What's that's the new awful. one that we're on? You know what you should be tired of? Not having hair. If you don't have hair, then you need Doc Linville. Doc Linville was in with us yesterday. As a matter of fact, he, came, he stopped by yesterday, and we caught a, a, a couple of Did he bring fries? Things. He didn't bring anything. Okay. I mean, well, Doc Linville ain't bringing no food. Knock on my door when he brings some fries. I, I'm afraid if Doc Linville brings food, he's going to have hair in it. So we're not that, – that, 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 some clients don't bring food, and I'm okay with, okay? Because Doc Linville is, is, is changing – he he really really does appreciate y'all. By the way, he does. He says the ninety seven five listeners, you guys have really responded. We are apparently are follically challenged as a group. So I was follically challenged. I love Doc Linville and I love what he did for me. He'll love what he does for you. And he doesn't care. Listen, here, this is the truth. He doesn't care about the money. He said, "I got another business. I don't know if you heard. I work on women and and help them look better, doing all kinds of stuff." So. I'm doing really well there. So if you're gonna, if you want neo grafting, I'm gonna give you fifty cents off per graft, which is a lot of money. Could turn out to be about a thousand dollars savings for you in that neighborhood. That's what it's gonna be. And if if you don't need neo grafting, we'll just do the PRP, which is a lot less expensive, and it's it, it works. It's basically putting Miracle Grow right. That's the difference between it. It's either resodding or putting miracle Grow in. That's what you're doing. So if you're looking for the best way to get hair, and it could be either of those ways, 975hair.com, 975hair.com. ESPN, 97.5. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios and your daily distraction from the horrific reality of your very existence. Man. I didn't know it was that bad. But, hey, it's John and Lance. All right, 819. Ooh, we got some people that want to get in here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We got uh, Astros talk. Chris was first up, though. He wants to talk a little NFL. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you guys this morning? Good. How are you? Good. 
Yeah, I'm living a dream, brother, living a dream. Hey, Lance, I had a question for you. I know your friends at Ballard and Indy. Just wanted to see, is there any concern if you're the GM like him with with uh, Richardson going down a couple of times now already this early in the season? I think the last one was a concussion and things like that. Do you anticipate them, I only ask from a Texans and the, and the division perspective, do you anticipate them like scaling him back a little bit just to protect him a little bit since it, it was kind of his guy in the draft that he really wanted to get, and, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Well, I mean, how can you scale him back? You're just playing football. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't asked him if it's a concern. I mean, it has no, to be but how can it not be? How can it not be? It's three different injuries in three different games that he's played in, and then the fourth game he missed due to that concussion. How do you scale him back? I mean, you're just playing football. It's nothing like this is he was drafted fourth. You can't scale him back. There is just he dropped back to pass, got hit, the AC joint got. I thought he was on a scramble because what well, maybe I remember, he was, he was outside the, the pocket and got driven into the ground. Yeah, maybe he wasn't a run. Maybe that's what it was. I think, I guess that might be Chris's point. Hey, relax on everything has to be you f- you flush in the pocket and trying to take on a, a tackler in the NFL. I mean, it's you're making a football play, though. True, if you, but... If you, you know, you, somebody pointed out all his injury history when he was... But a lot of it is stuff that's kind of normal. Like in a real NFL... So in an NFL uh, medical report, they have everything listed. Everything. And it looks alarming if you don't put it into context. Like, there's eight different injuries that led to no missed time, no games missed. So that's really nothing. Um, that's those are just you know, if you tweak your ankle, it's it's listed, you know, as 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 an ankle issue, questionable, whatever the case may be. But Anthony Richardson is like 250 pounds, six foot three, six foot four, and he's been hurt with three different injuries this year. Yeah, it's a huge concern. And you can't really, quote-unquote, scale him back because you're not really running him that much. You're not really calling a ton of run, you know, called runs. And even if you were, it's still a concern because that's got to be part of what – if Anthony Richardson is just trying to win from the pocket, you've made a horrible mistake. Anthony Richardson has to be able to run some. That's part of what gives him value is his ability, just like Jalen Hurts, to run. And so right now you're just hoping that these are just – fluky things that he'll be okay but yeah you have to be concerned because Anthony Richardson was not drafted to be a pocket quarterback to be Matt Stafford that's not why he was drafted so I don't know how much you can how much more you can dial him back the guy can't even stay on the I mean he's he's had to leave games prematurely three times Mm -hmm. no you got to be concerned if you're him you haven't talked to him about it though no I mean you can't bother him right now no hey he's got to find out I'm not talking to him at all win football games that's all that's what he wants to do uh, Steven is next. Hey, Steven. Hey, guys. I wanted to see, with uh, Javier's already kind of shaky mechanics, do you think there's any concern with the fact that it's going to be pretty cold in Minneapolis the next two games? I think it's going to be in the 50s during each of these games. Yeah, there's nothing. Isn't he, has he pitched outdoors in the cold? In, um, Javier? Only in, what was Yankee ball? What was Philadelphia, Philadelphia like last was, year during the World yeah, Series? Yeah, Philadelphia was there too, yeah. wasn't it? No, yeah. in was Philadelphia, Philadelphia there? that's where he oh, threw it. Had to be a little chilly. Yeah, had to be a little chilly. It's Philadelphia. It's in, Minnesota is colder though. Late October, but it is the division. It's still October. That was well. This into is not November. Ter- Listen, this is actually what's the weather supposed to be in the fifties? Fifties, extremely favorable weather for October. This could be. You know, they had a freeze. My uncle, who was in Kansas. They had they were in the twenties just over the weekend. They had a cold freeze come through. This is the Astros are a little bit fortunate to catch the fifties 
Um, now you're in the afternoon, but and that's one of the reasons, John. By the way, that you're probably in the afternoon is because it gets cold in Minnesota. So uh, playing in the fifties, that's no big deal. That's Last year, well, well, how about why is game five in the afternoon here? It's not cold here. Well, the door. Well, you just told me it was. It's well on to Friday. Me it's freezing, it was, but not to Rob. It was sixty-nine Manfred. degrees, and you told me it was ice cold. No, it was freezing. Yeah, you were complaining on Friday about how cold it was last year. November third is when the no, when Christian Javier yeah. was part of the no hitter. It was in the fifties at game time. Yeah, perfect. He's Christian fine. Javier loves fifty degree weather. Yeah. Christian Javier, and you wouldn't think he would with over being under, a Latin player. Over under one and a half hits today, Christian Javier allowed. Under. Knowing that it's in the 50s. Under. Okay. There it is. I got Especially the under positive. on that. Under one and a half. Over under three and a half runs. Um, he could give up one hit and three runs. Javier has that potential. So, so okay, so this is the strangest board we've had in a while. Is this ba- Is this going to be bad? It's I don't know what the impersonation is from Steve. Okay. Let's read, read the board. Well, Gilbert board. wants to talk Astros. Gilbert, that makes it. Keith wants to talk Carson Wentz because, of course, he likes to talk free street free agents in the NFL, and Steve wants to do an impersonation. And Ron just called in. We're not sure what he wants to talk about yet. Okay. I, I, I kind of want to go to Steve. Let's see what Steve. I don't even know what the impersonation is. I don't yeah, know. Let's, let's, let's hear this Steve's impersonation. Doing. Here's Steve with an impersonation. Hey, I'm channeling my inner John Granado singing uh, at national anthems at Rice football games since y'all were singing earlier. But I didn't hear John. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some Johnny's and Cold Coors Light. I don't care if I get in a fight for a group. Real root for the Astros. So Dale can tell me I'm lame. But one, two, three straight to out at the old ball game. I'm a man of the people. Yeah. What'd you think? I, I, I think mean, it's pretty good. There's some that. factual inaccuracies. John would never. He didn't do this like you go do this. And John would never actually. It was a little slow, by the way. Take, yeah, you got to go oh. faster. John would never actually do that to the national anthem. He's so patriotic. He would never change the I words would never of the change national the words. anthem. Man, man of the people doesn't change the words of. I'm a man of the people. Well, well my, I don't think you would sing my name as part of the national anthem. I wouldn't put your name in the no. national anthem. Take me to the All right, Dan Holgerson joining us. We, a little slow. We got to we gotta it cut it there. Time. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz, you got Gilbert, you got Ron wants to ask yeah, about we, something. We got, yeah, Del we got about Dana Del about Okay, you guys need a hold. Dan, this is a good board here. Dana Holgerson's next right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Brought to you by Damaris Barbecue, HRP, and by Chastain Ford. Right now, we're talking about HRP. Mike Holly, big Cougs guy. Loves the Cougs, and, and rightfully so, because you know what? That's where he went. He loves his team. He loves his, but he loves this city, and he loves what he's doing. He loves bringing uh, HR and payroll to all of these companies. If you're looking for the best way to get out of doing the payroll yourself, it's just you don't know what you're doing. You are not getting the best tax uh, advice if you're getting any tax advice at all. You're not taking care of the Affordable Care Act like you should because you don't know about the Affordable Care Act, and they've got experts in the Affordable Care Act. You are, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong because you're doing it more expensively than you need to do it, okay? If you've got a, an accounting department of all of a sudden you've got 25, 30, 50, 100 people and you got, uh, your accounting department is growing, you're doing it wrong. You're just flat out doing it wrong because they can do it better. Saving you money 
a scene where they saved a business with 40 people like $150,000 a year. That's a lot of money to a small business. You're looking for that kind of service? HRP.net, 281-880-6525 or HRP.net. ESP. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Coach Dana Holgerson is brought to you by HRP, Damaris Barbecue, and by Chastank Ford. All people who support the program, and hopefully you're going to support the program as well. Thursday night, going to be a beautiful night for football, TDECU Stadium. West Virginia is coming in, his former team, and uh, so it's going to be a special night, not only for Coach Holgerson, but, but got to get that first uh, Big 12 win. Coach, welcome in. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing today? Good. So your thoughts about facing West Virginia? Well, it's uh, it's another... Uh... It's another, uh, you know, Big 12 football matchup. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind of how I got to look at it. Uh, we, we've uh, we've had about 10 days to prepare. Um, you know, I do appreciate the Big 12 and, and how they, they do their, not not all of them, but if you have a Thursday night game, they kind of sandwich your Thursday night game in, in with a bye week. So you get 10 days on the front end and, you know, eight, uh, it's uh, seven days on the back end, uh, so to speak. So, you know, it's kind of a bye week. We've had a little bit of extra time to be able to, um, you know, take a look at where we're at and, and, and then get out on the road and recruit as well for, for two or three days. So um, looking forward to a, a, a good game. Um, you know, I know I, I'm getting the questions all the time. I mean, you know, what's it mean to me and all that stuff. I mean, I've certainly appreciated my time at, at West Virginia. Um, met so many good people. I mean, that's a great fan base, and they come and, I mean, they're, they're coming, so uh, they got some momentum right now, too. They're 4-1. and one. They've won a couple of close games, and and uh, I would imagine that Mountaineer Nation has headed to Houston here in a couple of days. Yeah, um, you offered up – let's talk about, a little bit about Dale Wolfley. And um, yeah, he was there, and um, you guys are going to honor him on, uh, on, on Thursday. Yeah, he uh, he unfortunately passed away of a heart attack a couple of days ago, a couple of nights ago, three or four nights ago, and you know he was a great mountaineer. Nobody represented that program more than more than he did. Um, you know his whole family's uh, you know pretty uh, pretty powerful in the in the in the media. Um, you know he's just just a great guy. I coached I coached two of his kids. You know another one of the youngest the youngest Wolfley. Uh, went to school with Logan, you know, and grew up with Logan and all that. He was on our staff. He ran the varsity club. Uh, just a true mountaineer, you know, and unfortunately he passed away the other night. So, um, you know, just condolences to the Wolfley family and, and to all of Mountaineer Nation. Yeah, that's 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 sad. 56 years old, way too young to have a heart attack and die. Um, how do you? How are you going to say stop C.J. Donaldson? Because the run, you know, the run game has obviously been a problem. It was a problem against Texas Tech. What's different this week? Yeah, it was. Uh, we we got to tighten some things up when it comes to that. Obviously, Texas Tech had two hundred yard rushers. They came into that game. You can see when they played when Texas Tech played West Virginia. They the second half, I think Joey got in them a little bit. Coach McGuire got in the play caller and. 
a little bit, and they started handing the ball off more, and they 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 played better in the second half against against West Virginia in the run game. Well, they they handed that thing off against us. They had two hundred yard rushers, and 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 you know we didn't do a very good job of of stopping that. I think I think about sixty percent of their yards came after contact, which means missed tackles, right? So you know tackling's been a hot topic of discussion around here for for about ten days, <laughs> and um, uh, we got to get him on the ground. He's a big kid now. He's you know, six two, two, two thirty, two forty pounds and and uh I think they recruited him as a tight end a couple of years ago and he came in, they moved him running back and you know the, the quarterback uh Green is is very instrumental in their run game as well. So a lot of eleven personnel, twelve personnel and they're gonna hand that thing off as many as as many times as they possibly can. So getting the ball on the ground is, is what we've been talking about and that's gonna be critical Thursday night. Yeah, and it could keep your defense on the field for quite some time. Do you think about that when it comes to uh, what you're doing offensively to, to kind of balance the scales and allow your, especially if the team's having some success moving it with longer, you know, longer drives on the ground, does that change how you call plays to try to help your defense out, or does that not really play play into it? No, uh, John, it really doesn't. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Lance. Uh, it really doesn't. They, uh, you know, that tech game, we possessed the ball 36 minutes. Um, you know, one thing that um, that West Virginia does is, is they're they're going to try to they're going to try to hang on to it now. I mean, they're top five in time, time of possession. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were top five in time of possession. Uh, it just depends on the flow of the drive. You know, I mean, we all love explosive plays, and that's you know something that 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 everybody wants to try to to, to get uh, periodically, but. You know, we're always going to do, you know, what we can to be able to do that and keep the defense off the field. Our first drive last week, uh, we possessed that thing seven minutes and went down the field and scored. And, and, uh, that's something that we're always trying to do. You know, I mean, this, this game's no different than the rest of them. That's, we're going to mix tempos and try to possess it and get first downs, moves the chains and, and, and then hope for explosive plays as well. What kind of is there any any changes we can look forward to this week? Personnel, uh, anything different coaching wise? What is there anything anything changing? Well, uh, not not really. Um, you know, Coach Bell's going to come down to the sidelines. Uh, hopefully, he can light a fire in these guys to, to you know you know to get the ball on the ground a little bit more than we did last week uh, defensively. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, our, our teams are team. You know, it, it's it's tough to really change too many things. Uh, you know, midseason, we're always looking for 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 you know battles and positional battles to try to get specific people on the field that are ready to play and and all that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's about lining your people up and putting them in the best position to be successful, and and then and then cutting them loose and letting them play. How have your practices been? Uh, pretty good. You know, we went hard last Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, you know, you know, got the game over with on Monday and then went hard on Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday was all recruiting. And then our game week started on Saturday. So Saturday morning we were in here with a, with what we call a Monday morning practice. So we'll have a full week. Uh, you know, today's a, in our world a Thursday. Um, yeah, which you know, fortunately, it's a it's a Tuesday in the real world, and I got a radio show tonight and all that. But uh, then we'll go to the hotel tomorrow night, treat it like a Friday, and then play, and then play Thursday night, which is which is 
which is uh, which is a Saturday in our world. Yep. I I thought Donovan played great in the first half. I thought he played really well. Kind of kind of uh it kind of shut down a little bit in the second half. Um and and you know the last couple of games have been tough uh late in late in, later in the games, but that is there any correlate is that just uh, power 5 football? Yeah, it is. Uh if you look at our three uh non-conference games, I mean there wasn't there wasn't a lull uh in the in the second half. Um you know Obviously played really good against Rice. Just came up a little bit short in the second half. First half's a different story, but uh, finished the game um, against uh, UTSA uh, the right way, and then against uh, Sam Houston, we put them away uh, pretty quickly in the third quarter. So uh, you look at TCU and you look at at uh, Texas Tech, and it's a different story. Got wore out in the second half. You know, it's just it's just reality. You know, and so there's been a lot of four quarter talk around here. Why is that? I don't know. Um, you know, is it personnel? Ah, no, it's not really personnel. Maybe, maybe second team personnel, like what the backups look like when they, when they go in there. Uh, but, um, it, it's something that we've discussed for the last, you know, week and a half. Um, you know, I've been happy with how we started. Should have scored more touchdowns against, uh, TCU in the first half, which we didn't, but I felt like we fixed that against, uh, against Texas Tech and, Really moved the ball and put the ball in the end zone. Had a really good first half, as good as as good as we could play in the first half. If you go, got to fix some special team stuff, and then you got there second half. You know, offense did move the ball in the third quarter. You know, we, we just we missed a we missed a third and seven. Had to punt, got a penalty. They scored a couple of plays later, down fourteen. Uh, moved the ball again, and then came up short on on third and two and fourth and one. And then basically you're looking at the at the fourth quarter, which which the game was over. So, um, uh, yeah, it's been something we've been talking about, and it's going to be a four quarter game. West Virginia slows the game down; they shorten the game, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how our kids respond to it Thursday night. It's going to be a blackout at TDECU Stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can you, uh, you know, you mentioned this about the fourth quarter, and I know that in other sports they will, uh, you know, you're in a completely different sport, but there's. You know, in basketball, sometimes you see it in soccer where they talk about a fitness level or getting their conditioning up to a certain level. Is there anything, like, do you guys do anything, or is it normal in football in the middle of a season to do anything to, to improve uh, or to try to bolster, you know, the the, the cardio and, and, and things like that so that, you know, is that ever worked on to try to extend the, the fitness level of a team? No, I don't. I don't think you. It's all about maintaining where you're at. Um, you know, these 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 kids work so hard in the off season. The amount of strength and conditioning that's on their plate from January to September is 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 unfathomable for a lot of people. I can promise you that. So, once you get into the football season aspect of it, I mean, we get 20 hours a week with these guys, and that that's that's including a four hour game. You know, so, I mean, you really can't do all the extra stuff. So you, 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 you try to limit what you have to do from a physicality standpoint and from a condition, strength and conditioning standpoint to the point to where you're, you're doing all football, you know, and so it's just about maintaining, uh, where their conditioning is. And, you know, part of that is practice with how we practice. I mean, we go out there for an hour and a half and we got, or uh, hour and 45 minutes on, on, Tuesday and, and Wednesday and an hour and a half on Monday and Thursday. We got GPSs on them. We, we know how many steps they're taking. We know how much they're running. We know how fast they're running and what their, their, 
their workload is, um, that's enough conditioning to get them ready to play on Saturday. Uh, as big as Donovan is, have you guys got the, the push tush in the in the uh, tush in the push game? tush push yeah push tush tush push? I mean, is that still is that still legal? I've been hearing that they're trying to take it out of the game. Well, they're, everybody's they're, doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. And as big and strong as he is, uh, is that going to be part of the arsenal? Nobody's better at it than Jalen Hurts. Nobody. He invented it. Yeah. Nobody's we've better. done it. We've done it periodically over the course of the last few years. If you go back, like we did it, like Poon did it uh, two years ago when we played Tech as the opening game at at uh, NRG Stadium. Uh, we did that. We did the push push four times in the first half. So it's it's been a part of of, of what we've done. Um, you know, it, it's 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 going to be a part of what we do moving forward. Yeah. Well, Matt Leinard invented it, and then Jalen Hurts perfected it. Remember that that Notre Dame. They might have something game. to do with that guy in front of him. Yeah, the yeah, no, no. right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, you good. need a you need a center that's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack's the Jack's the fifth year senior, and 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 is really good at it. So you know. If the situation calls, then we're, we'll be more than happy to uh, do the push push. And you're all health. You're you're all good health wise, right? Yeah, we are. For, we are for the most part. Um, you know, we lost a receiver yesterday, uh, C.J. Nelson, uh, who he played in two games earlier in the year. Um, had a groin set out for a month. Came back, was practicing at a very high level, and unfortunately broke his leg yesterday. He's having surgery this morning at at uh, Memorial Herman. So you know, thoughts and thoughts and prayers are out to him and his family. It's unfortunate, boy. That kid, he just wanted to play, man. You know, it went up to him and you know, you know, grabbed his hand, and you could tell his leg was broke. And um, he's like, "I'm sorry, coach. I'm sorry, coach. I just want to play. I just want to play." You know, and so. Need need more guys like C.J. Nelson that just want to play, you know. But uh, unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game. You get this year back and have three more years to play. Dana Holgerson brought to you by HRP, Demers Barbecue, and Chastain Ford right here every week on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. His coach's show tonight, Little Woodrow's in Edo. Get on out there after the Astros game. Who you got today, Astros or Twins? The Astros, got, they need a road win, man. This is pivotal game three. Pivotal, absolutely, absolutely. And it's Dana Olgerson with us every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Uh, 713, go Cougs. Buy your tickets, $66. You get this game, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, for $66 and wear black on Thursday night. Going to be big, Coach. Best of luck against your former team. Let's go, Cougs. Yeah, I appreciate it. Go, Cougs. All right, there's Dan Holgerson right here on ESPN. It is a big one. <clears throat> big one for the Cougs. Yep, yep. They got to have this one. Yep, yep, yep. Time for you to talk about your pet. Are you going to watch it on your patio? Yeah. If I'm going to watch anything, it's going to be on the patio. These the Patio weather's here, baby. I was out there last night watching a really good movie and then uh, watching baseball, watching the Braves win. It's it's so awesome to have uh, time to yourself. You know, for me, the patio has time to myself a lot of times. Um, I set up my, my music as well. So uh, at some point, I'll have my tape out there and I'll watch some when the weather's particularly nice and I want to have a nice cocktail, I'll sit out there and I'll watch some game tape on some players. 
Uh, for the kids, they love to go out there and stream. They watch football on YouTube now uh, with my Sunday ticket. And then, uh, of course, the dinner and lunches with the outdoor. So I'm in charge of dinner tonight. I'll be out on the patio grilling, and that's something that I love to do. I put my own little drinks in the refrigerator. I get my grill going. And it's a great spot for us to just hang out as a family and enjoy ourselves. It's it's a chance for you to upgrade your your quality of life, but also a chance to upgrade your home. Not many times can you you know put money into your home and then actually get that back when it's time to resell. And yet you can when it comes to an outdoor living space and an outdoor kitchen from Texas Custom Patios. Take a look at the before and after and look at the quality of work that they do. This is not some cheap company that's just going to slap something together. This is built to last and it's built to really improve uh, your quality of life with a great outdoor living space that is going to blow you and your friends completely away. It's Texas Custom Patios. That's TexasCustomPatios.com. You found. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. 849 ESPN. Before we get to your stupid coach, Del, did you guys see there's a, a lot of talk this morning about Marcus Peters' illegal horse collar? Yeah. On, um, on what was going to be a touchdown by Christian. He He's running to the end zone inside the 10-yard line. Peters grabs him, horse collars him, and saves the game, basically, for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Should that be like an NBA um, path to the end zone automatic touchdown? Well, to be so to be clear on this, <clears throat> Josh McDaniels called it a great penalty. Yeah. That he was, said, he's yes. like, basically... Uh, Yet nah. it's a dangerous play for the player. It is, but the penalty said it's just he just happened to find. It's certainly not. The it's only... certainly not penal. It's it's be half the distance to the goal as opposed to a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, but you see that with yeah, right. interference penalties too, yep. where guys just grab. But you. they're not nearly as dangerous as this. Uh, no horse horse collar has some legitimate. Yeah, you know, well, it's broken fibulas. Before. We s- another play there that was up for question about outlawing is the is the, the sit-down tackle where you grab a guy and then you drop all your weight to bring him down. Now, that can be legal around the waist, but, yeah, they're trying to get rid well, of that. Or, we yeah, talked, because it's the same concept. Yeah, some, the news broke. Well, Jordan Jefferson's a different injury. He's on, on the IR. But if you – not many people are watching the Giants-Dolphins game, but Devon Achan could, miss, could be put on IR for four weeks, miss multiple weeks. That's the projection right now. Leonard Williams did that to him. He grabbed him and sat down. Can, but I don't know. If, you, I don't know how you outlaw it. You can't but that, outlaw this it. This is why we saw it happen to Tony Pollard, and he broke a broke a bone. Leonard Williams, a three hundred plus pound man, grabbed him from behind to bring him down and just dropped his weight, and it went on his knee. And now we'll see how long he's out. It's so, unfortunate, yeah. but I don't think you can. I just don't think you can legislate that. To be honest with you, like, I don't know how you do just it. Too, you're in the heat of action. That's the way you get people down. <laughs> What are you? Jeff Passon's head too big it for his enormous. body. It looks enormous. I thought the same thing right his here. Head, we're, we're looking at Jeff. His head was now. Anyway, it, it's, there's a video that the collar's not doing him favors. What's that? The collar is no. Doing it's him really favors. the collar, but also yeah, it's, a, it's got a, a shot. Suit on. It's like up. Yeah. It's an upshot from a phone or whatever. But man, his yeah. head looks enormous. No, no, in that no. Video. It, it, that's I thought the same thing. I was just trying to ignore it. <laughs> it's way too big. Anyway, so 
So should that be like the NBA, you know, you get the basket and then you get a, you get a free throw if you've got path to the – and you get the ball too, right? Yeah. No, clear, clear path do that. Foul, a clear path foul? Clear path foul? What do you – I, I think yeah, you get I'm free saying throws the NFL and, should not do anything No, but how basketball. about a touchdown? Nope. And a horse collar tackle inside the because you're assuming it's an uh, you're assuming there can't be an assumption that it's automatically an intentional penalty to to prevent a touchdown. If you're there close enough to make a to get your hands on them, then you have a chance to make a play, whatever your play is. So no, I don't think they should. Last time they tried this, they tried to change the interference penalty, and then they changed it right back. Well, reviewable, they made. No, no, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Saints and the Rams. Yeah, they, they, made it reviewable. It they made it reviewable. Yeah, and then they immediately... Well, they didn't immediately. They they went the with it, year. and it was too much. Right. Well, they yeah. did it because the refs were well, you, you backing themselves. You don't know this change, though. I mean, no, I don't... if you've got a clear path to the end zone and a guy makes an illegal horse collar tackle, I could see where... I yeah, that's see. fine. They're just not going to change or Maybe it you put on it on the one-yard line. You put it on the one-yard line. Yeah, it, you could do that, too. Yeah. Could it do just doesn't have... Yeah, instead of half the distance. Right. Right, right. You could do that, but it doesn't... Like, this doesn't happen enough to where they're going to make any changes to the rules. It'd have to be something that clear path happens a lot in basketball. And the field is shorter, and the point there's more points yeah, that go and on. Touchdowns in the game. mean more than a couple free throws, all those things together. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think they'll do anything with that. But it was, it's a very, I've never seen it before. Like, this is the first time I've seen where a guy took a, a penalty that he knew was a penalty to stop a Well, a lot of times you'll interfere with a guy when you know he's going to catch no, it and score. No, you've seen that. I'm talking about yeah. this penalty. This penalty, yeah. I've never seen this no, penalty. No, not this one. All right, um, so Miami, University of Miami, the big uh, non-kneel, the fumble, which was a fumble, by the it's way. It's not a fumble. <laughs> the picture is clear Dell's got day. a picture of his arm clearly down, the ball still in his hand. Oh, it's a terrible call, but it almost was like they're punishing Miami And they Miami reviewed for being it, and dumb. they still didn't give no, they're punishing Miami. Miami. Miami's hated. They're punishing Miami for being Miami. It ain't about being dumb. They're right. punishing Miami because they're Miami. Yeah, that they, is it's true. It's always been the case. That is true, and deservedly so. What? So, uh, you know, what about the kids, Sean? What did they do to deserve this? Well, you know, convicts versus the Catholics, right? Right? I mean, that kind of thing. What? So, what is what does a 2023 kid have to do with 1980s? So, uh, Mario Cristobal, after the game, said, "Well, you know, I should have, I should have stopped it. I should have, I should have, I should have stepped in. I should have stepped in. I should have stepped in right after the game. He should, I should have stepped in." Now, Shannon Dawson, which means that it wasn't his, it, right. it, wasn't it wasn't his, his call. call. Shannon Dawson, who's the offensive coordinator, calling the plays. He says, "I couldn't sleep. It was horrible." I I messed up. I should have I should have called for the kneel. It's my fault. Blah blah blah. But Mario Cristobal said yesterday. Now I he's t- got a play sheet in his hands. Mario, by the way, has a play sheet. He has headphones. It's not like he's some passive guy just walking, waiting to get Gatorade thrown on him. He's right there with headphones, right. with a microphone, and with a play sheet. Yeah. And also, we know this is their philosophy. So it wasn't like Shannon Dawson went rogue. This is what they want to do. They, they want to pound take- the ball and send a message. So that's Mario's directive. Finish the game. And that's what Shannon Dawson was doing. So so now now Mario Cristobal is known. I mean, in Oregon, uh, when he was at Oregon against Stanford in 2018, he ran the ball and lost the game uh, and, and when he should have taken a knee. He's multiple times this season. He, he when he's got a lead now the game's not in doubt 
He had a big lead. He continues to run the ball. He, never, he doesn't take a knee. He did say, I'll take full responsibility for not taking a knee. But he, this question was asked of Mario Cristobal yesterday. We haven't seen you line up, your team line up the victory formation at all this season. Is it something that you as a coach have not believed in even in close games? No, that's not true. We've done, we have done it before in practice. We work in a four-minute. We didn't do it Saturday, and we should have. Like I mentioned before, I take complete ownership for it. So wait a minute. Is it your philosophy not to take a knee? No, that's not our philosophy. We do it in practice. What? What? <laughs> the woman simply that's asked you. That's not true. You, We've done it in practice. That's not true. Do you what? not take a knee even We've in done close it games? We've in practice. Oh. That's not a game, sir. That's really Wait, what I was talking about. If you do it in practice, then that's your philosophy. She didn't ask you if it's not in the playbook. <laughs> she asked you if it's not your philosophy. Yep. We do it in practice. So all that means is the guys, you have practiced it, but you didn't. You decided not to implement it for By whatever way, reason. We know how to do it. We just don't. We just choose not to. I didn't see the Miami fans throwing water bottles at the yeah, players, that, by the way. that Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like a couple water bottles. As soon as the guy crossed the end zone, people were like, what? Yeah, it's inexcusable. There's nothing to explain it. And the chef's kiss is that it, was never, it wasn't a fumble. The AC ref screwed him. But no one cares because Mario was so made an awful decision. Awful. It. It's my favorite. I, no! I talked to Alonzo. It's not our philosophy. We I, practice I it. I talked to Alonzo Highsmith uh, the other day. I'm like, Zo. I said, you've been part of some wild stuff in your career. He goes, I was telling somebody that the other day. He said, up oh, 31. Nothing, you know, the Buffalo Bills game. There was another game. He goes the second half of the Orange Bowl. He went through like about six things that he's been through. I'm like, holy crap, I forgot about it. I was sitting there at Pennison's Pub with him watching when Freddie Mitchell made that fourth and 17, 18 oh. catch. Oh, yeah. Because Green Bay would have gone to the Super Bowl. Oh, no, it was more than that. Yeah, it was, it was, more than it was the Eagles. It was fourth and, yeah. yeah. Fourth and 24 or something like well, that? Yeah, it was, was ridiculous. that much? Yeah. I'm sitting right next to him. They go to the Super Bowl. He gets a big playoff share yeah. if they go to the Super he Bowl. Was- and, oh, my God, he was so mad. It was a combination of being shocked and angry at the same time. Yep. All right, it's 8.58. Gilbert wants to talk Astros. We'll do that on the other side, so you can't miss that. We'll see if Dell interrogates him. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Chastain Ford. We're going to talk about the 2023 Must, uh, Mustang Mach-E. They're on the lot. They're ready for you. Four forty nine a month. You can lease it or 0% for 60 months. This is a fantastic deal. This is a great vehicle for a young person. This is a great, not only for 0% for 60 months, but you also get a $2,000 cash bonus. Uh, and the F-150s, up to $15,000 off. How's that? Is that any good? 2023 F-150 trucks in stock, ready to be delivered. They're the best. I love Chastain Ford. This is where you're going to buy, buy your vehicle. If you're looking for that Ford car or truck or pre-owned vehicle, I was over there this week, as a matter of fact, and, and on the lot, or last week, rather, and uh, they got all kinds of vehicles on the lot. It ain't like it used to be. Now, you can still order your vehicle, but you're going to get it exactly as you want. No hidden add-ons. So you don't want leather Don't get leather seats. You don't want tinted with you don't get. You don't want a sunroof. Don't get a sunroof. You get it it's how you want it every single time at Chastain Ford. It's a fantastic dealership. You're going to love it. I feel like I'm part of the family. I really do, and you will too. All you got to do is go to ChastainFord.com. It's on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead. It's just five minutes from downtown. You're looking for any Ford car or truck or pre-owned vehicle. The only place to get a Chastain Ford. ESPN 97.5.